0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts
1: jake elliott and evan schemenauer What's going on, lacrosse fans? It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. This is episode number 56. My name is Jake Elliott. I'm a co-host. My other co-host, his name is Evan Schemenauer. He's on the phone from Saskatoon. I sit here in a rainy, drizzly dark like it's feeling like winter now evan i know it's really cold there in saskatoon but i think winter just showed up here in the lower mainland of british columbia it's into december my kids bugging me to put the christmas tree up Uh, and that all means that the nll season is underway week one is in the books week two is on the horizon we got games to talk about that happened. We got games to talk about that are gonna happen. We got all sorts of things to talk about. Robert Church, Christian Del Bianco will be on the show. We're gonna have under review. We got news and notes, and of course, we got who you got. All presented by Stampede Tech and Western where Evan, welcome back. This is episode fifty-six. What's going on in Toontown?
2: Well, just. Finished up coaching a soccer game. Man. All right,
1: so now I have to. I have. To, I got to stop you right here because this is going to sound a little weird if I don't. But I, we, I recorded the Robert Church interview solo, and then we recorded Christian Del Bianco. Notice how I said Del Bianco, which will make a lot more sense coming up here as well. But we recorded Christian before we recorded this segment right here. Just so everybody knows, Evan was coaching his kid's soccer game and uh, refused to put lax class before family. Refused (laughs) to put lacrosse before soccer. Uh, So I don't know what to make of it all. But how did the soccer? How did it go? Did Vasily at least put put a couple in?
2: We we played that team in our opening match of the year. We lost seven one. We had a three three draw today. Okay, so you know. You make this commitment to the team, you play it out, but... So you're saying it's been it's all
1: coaching, what's happened from the beginning of the year to where you guys are at now. You guys have progressed that much because of the coaching.
2: In in part, and I think it's just the kids learning, but this is what... Now, getting a little off lacrosse here for a second, but this is something that's sad with the Canadian Soccer Association. They insist that we teach these kids to be similar to Brazilians, where they want individual play. They don't want... Any team tactics. And it's like we send them out there the first three, four matches. They're playing individual games. We're getting slaughtered. Mm. We teach them team tactics, and all of a sudden we start getting wins and draws. It's like, guys, <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: let's change this up a bit. Well, sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes you just got to ignore the man, Evan, and, and do what you know is right. Uh, let's get back to lacrosse here, Evan. Who we had week one in the books of the National Lacrosse League. Three games going down this weekend, this past weekend. It all started down in Mile High. Uh, Teddy Jenner, Johnny Gallant, uh, my old combatant from the Shamrocks, uh, Nick Carlson, down in between the benches there for the broadcast on BR Live. From uh, the Pepsi Center and the Saskatchewan Rush were in town, Evan, and this was probably the game of the week to kick off face-off weekend to kick off the 2019-2020 season. And the Rush pull out, the Rush go 1-0 and for the first time in I don't know how many years, but they pull off a 9-8 victory in what was a real defensive goaltending duel down in Denver. A
2: week for the goaltenders.
1: Both goaltenders
2: in this game came up with absolutely insane saves, you know, You got Dylan Ward, who is on his backside at this point, just diving over trying to block whatever he can of the net. You don't expect Mark Matthews to miss that shot, but you think how big that save was. If the the rush scored there, they were up three or four, probably game over. You know, kept his team in it, but the save by Evan Kirk in the dying seconds, you know, like. Like Ryan McClain absolutely misses his defensive assignment, and we're talking misses it by 10 feet. Kyle Killen has three, four seconds to figure out where he wants to put that ball in the net, and Kirk saves the day. End of the day, the rush, you know, you don't expect them to get just nine goals, but against Colorado, a good defense, and the rush are still trying to figure out this three-lefty, two-righty system, so overly concerned, not so much, but They got away from getting the ball in the middle in the fourth quarter, and that's what helped allow the Mammoth to get back in it.
1: Yeah, not a ton in transition either. Uh, We're going to talk to Robert Church, or I'm going to talk to Robert Church about it all. Uh, He was in on eight out of the nine goals for the rush, five and three. For Bar Down Bobby, Connor Robinson, the game winner in that one for the rush. And, And listen, I think... If you can get 9, 10, 11 against the Mammoth, that's going to pretty much be the norm with Dylan Ward and that defense in front of him. So I think that's that's how teams are going to have to grind out wins against the Mammoth. And if the Mammoth want to win games, they're going to have to hit double digits on most nights. To make it happen, and they we've seen they've struggled to do that from time to time. But that offense, uh, albeit a young one, was was moving the ball around pretty well, and and yeah, the rush hold Colorado to eight. But uh, the, that's kind of what we all expected going into that one. It was going to be a low scoring affair. It was going to be a goaltending defensive battle and early in the season offenses usually take a little bit more time to kind of heat up as well. But the rush get the win, 9-8. We both took the rush, both go one and oh, and the game starting probably just about an hour after that one in Denver. So I was kind of I had the the ear pods on Evan. I was uh in Rogers Arena watching the Warriors and the Roughnecks, but listening to the Rush and the Mammoth while this was going on. And it was a feisty affair, I would say, and a little disappointing. Like, I, with all the hype coming in, and Biz Nasty and all the rest of it, great crowd on hand, and then Vancouver gets down there. I don't know, what was it, Evan? 10-3 to 3 out of the gate. And and they battle back, and I don't know if the scoreline is a little bit flattering, but um, Calgary... Still undefeated with Jesse King in their lineup, believe it or not. But this thing, this game, these guys have been rivals for a long time. This thing got chippy and feisty. And, and of course, uh, we need to talk about it, Evan. The the Tyler Burton and Nick Beleach collision, I want to call it. I don't know if I want to call it a hit. It was a collision and uh, injuries to both guys, but a pretty serious one to to Nick. And, and this... Uh, give me your take on it before I share you my thoughts.
2: Okay, well let's let's deal with that and then we'll get into analyzing the game later. But um, yeah, Brian Lemon's going to have his hands full with the last five six minutes of this game. So for those that didn't see it, it's off a face off. Burton wins a draw. Uh, you know, it's a it's a big scramble. You're going to get two sides to this story. If you talk to the Warriors, Burton went down intentionally to take out Beelich's knees. You talk to the Roughnecks. They're saying, you know, Burton literally was throwing an off-balance pass. The turf monster got him, and it's just an utter fluke as to what happened. I've reviewed this thing probably five or six times. I don't see where Burton has had any intent in trying to injure Bielich. It's an unfortunate play. Beelich may be gone for the season. Um, I mean, that's a big... uh, That's a massive setback for the Warriors. But, uh, you know, Burton himself was injured on the play, too. And then, of course, the melee breaks out after that. um, And we got a bit of an incident there where... I'm trying to remember who it was on the Warriors... Shoves his thumb into Jesse King's mouth and looks like King bit him. So whether King's going to be available or whether you know that player is going to be available, and then with about 90 seconds to go, Daughtry with a blatant cross check, he got a match penalty. That's going to mean a suspension for him. And yeah, Courier and Shust dropping gloves. We didn't expect that, but you know, good on them for sticking up for their team. You know, end of the day, it's going to be uh, you know a bit penalizing to both teams. Now, Vancouver has New York next. You know, maybe it's not if there's a time for a suspension, it's not the worst time. But there's going to be some action taken here. I'm pretty certain.
1: Yeah, um, I don't even know where to begin with with all of it. Um, I, I think if if that fight whoever it was between courier and chess happens a little earlier in the game. And two guys just decide to go and, and usually that will settle things right down, but it just kind of boiled and boiled and boiled and, and spilled over. And, and I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody here for any of their actions, including, you know, what happened in the melee and the crease with, with King. And I believe it was Justin salt that I, I don't, the, the league's going to look at all of it regardless of what we say or what our opinion is, Evan. But, you know, the the Doherty hit, I he plays a tough game and saw an opportunity to take a run and, and did, and it's probably going to cost him a game, um, and, and rightly so. But I think it's in response to what the Vancouver Warriors thought was a dirty hit on Nick Bielich by Tyler Burton. And I was sitting... Almost dead center, about ten rows up, and had a real good look at it. and And at my first glance, and my first thought was, "Ooh, that was dirty." That was my first reaction. Was that didn't look good. That looked pretty cheap. Um, and and to hear Nick, who I got a lot of time for. I'm a big Nick Bealeach fan, and everybody knows that. and And I got you know, to know Tyler, I. Yep. and I got to know Tyler pretty well. With his time with the stealth, and and I'm I'm a pretty big Tyler Burton fan as well, uh, just to make make that clear. But the the scream that was let out by Nick is is something that's still sitting with me. And and that arena went silent when when that yelp went out, and and that that struck me right to right to my core when I heard that. And and after that, I, I came home and you know obviously I wanted to see see the video and i watched that video i want to say close to 20 times and it's it's such a tough play to try and diagnose and determine what exactly happened but again nick plays a tough game and and for the people that i've seen in particular on on facebook and the calgary fnix fan page talking about nick beelich and how you know this is something he deserved and like, give your head a shake. I can tell you for a fact mm-hmm. that Nick is not a dirty player. He's not. He plays a real, mean, nasty game. But when it comes to playing by the code, and this is coming from somebody that played by that code, he knows the right side of things and the right way to do it. And he doesn't cross the line. Yeah, he's he's laid some pretty nasty hits in his day, no question about it. But he's not out there to intentionally hurt people, as is Tyler Burton. Tyler Burton has, nothing, has been nothing but a classy player from all the years that I've watched Tyler Burton play lacrosse. For anybody that's played the game and gets into a situation where Tyler was in, they'll be able to understand kind of a little bit better about what exactly happened. So Tyler comes up with the ball and looks to turn, and he's in the middle of the floor, and he's in a vulnerable position, and he's looking to make a pass as what you said, Evan, the turf monster, I think, might have caught the toe a little bit, and Tyler was off balance. There was no question about it when he was trying to pass the ball, was off balance. The question is, did he get his head turned in time to see Nick coming? Who was definitely coming to inflict some damage on Tyler Burton, who was in a vulnerable position. That's the, that's the question for me is did he see it coming and did he let himself go down a little bit easier because he saw it coming? And I think, and this is my personal opinion on it, is that I think Tyler was going down. He was trying to make a play and then at the last second kind of said, oh, man, I'm in a bad spot here and tried to protect himself. So Tyler Burton's not trying to injure Nick Beelich. He's trying to protect himself because he knows something bad's about to happen to him. And something bad did happen. He took a knee right in his ribs as he was going down as well. When I see Tyler put his message up and say, I played this game a long, long time, and I would way rather take a cross check in the shoulder than I would take a knee in the rib cage, it stands to reason that that's a true statement. And I know Nick is obviously upset, and his year has probably come to an end, and that's a tough pill to swallow for him. And I get his, his reaction as well. And I get the Warriors' reaction as well. And, and I listen, if I'm a Vancouver Warrior and I'm Nick Beelich, I probably feel and act the same way. But again, if I sit back as myself and try and be as objective as I possibly can in this scenario knowing Nick as well as I do, knowing Tyler and knowing a lot of those Warriors and, and, and being around and being in the game for as long as I have and seeing stuff like this, Tyler Burton is not trying to hurt Nick Beelich, and it's just a real unfortunate incident Happened all at once, and unfortunately, I think a guy's season is going to be over, and, and that sucks, and, and that's the way I look at it, is that nobody was out to hurt anybody And just a real bad, unfortunate set of circumstances all kind of played out at once.
2: Yeah, and I got I got all the time in the world for Nick Beale because he's got all the time in the world for me too. And you know I hope he gets better soon. You know anybody that wants to sit here and say he's a cheap shot and whatnot, no. Nick, if Nick's got a problem with somebody, he'll square up. Gloves come off, one on one. Right? He's not going to take that cheap shot. So it It's really, really unfortunate, so yeah. um, and I don't get
1: back to the- I, yeah i don't wanna i don't wanna spend too much time on, more yeah. on it evan we gotta we gotta get but, on, but uh I'll give Vancouver
2: back to the game, yeah, getting back to it. the game um,
1: uh, Vancouver did a nice job pushing back in that game they 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 fall twelve seven but Um, listen, at the end of the game, I think the fans got their money's worth and they went home pretty entertained. Biz Nasty was great. I thought the presentation, the atmosphere in Rogers arenas was fantastic and, and a a tough night there on the floor for, for Nick and the Warriors coming up with a loss, but uh, they're going to get a chance at the riptide here in a couple of weeks and look to bounce back. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. If there's any positive from the game, it's that last five or six minutes probably is bringing a lot of fans back to the building. I mean, Evan, because... yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, that nobody was sitting on their seat when all, when all the melee broke out at the end of the game. But that's the other thing that I think you need to look at here with the Warriors in this contest is that they outshot the Roughnecks by a pretty significant margin, and they outloose balled the Roughnecks in a pretty significant margin. They drew a ton of penalties. They just couldn't capitalize on the man advantage, and that was really the difference.
2: Yeah, the post caught him. Um, I don't know how Yo, many times. Oh, man, but, Jonesy had like four
1: you know, in the first quarter.
2: Yeah. Uh, now, the one thing about the 70 shots is that most of them were from the outside. These are ones Christian Del Bianco is going to get. And, you know, out of 70 shots, only seven in the back of the net, 900 save percentage on any night absolutely amazing. Stunningly enough, it wasn't the best performance of the week. But... Yeah, they kept to the outside. Now the nice thing for Vancouver, when we look at their stats from a year ago, I can't remember the last time they outloose ball yeah. anybody. Yeah. And they outloose ball Calgary by twenty or more.
1: And that's hard to deal with a guy named Zach Currier on the other side of the the floor as well. So I think some positive signs to come out of Vancouver in that opening game, even though it was a loss, and um they're definitely an improved team after what I've seen so far here after one game at least watching them Uh, I know we spent a lot of time on that game but it's obviously been the hot topic this uh this week and and I wanted to share my thoughts on it uh and I and I wanted to get yours as well Evan and and hopefully people keep an open mind on that I know fans ties and and allegiances run pretty deep in in a situation like that you want to protect your team and protect your guys I try and look at as objectively and as I can and 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 knowing both guys I just I just think it was a real unfortunate incident that so many factors went into something like that happening, and and I know Tyler feels sick about it, and and um, I, that's not going to heal Nick any quicker. But um, if I know anything, and uh, if I know anything about Nick Bielich, he's he's going to recover and, and rehab like an absolute animal, and come back bigger and stronger at the end of it anyway. So um, let's move on here, Evan. One more game to go. It came on Saturday, and and I don't know if we got a whole lot to talk about really in this one, but um, I think maybe higher expectations were expected for the Rochester Nighthawks, especially in their home opener, Uh, and it didn't go very well. Uh, 10-1 at halftime, 14-4 the final, And, and a game again where great goaltending was on display.
2: Yeah, if you haven't checked out Craig Wendy's, or sorry, not Craig Wendy, um, Kevin Orleman's save. At the, with about, I mean, the game's well in hand, but like absolute highway robbery. He's at the top of his crease, guy at goal line extended and literally just reaches out and absolutely snags it. Um, but the performance here is like cool. And like I said, Christian Del Bianco, 900 save percentage, and it's not the top performance of the week. Because Poulin was nine forty-seven,
1: <laughs> you know, two two goals allowed in about fifty minutes of play. Yeah, and now the it, goaltenders really well, stole the show here this weekend. Like Ward, Kirk, Poulin, Del Bianco were all yeah uh, exceptional. But uh,
2: but the side note to that is Rochester. We thought this offense was as good as anybody in the league, and clearly they still need more time to figure one another out because there, are only two goals on pool and were power play goals. And they had eight opportunities, only buried two of them. Uh, Wendy, the, the, the interest, there was an interesting call that Wendy is the starting goaltender. And mm. now Wendy used to play for the swarm. Yeah. And like, this is a catch 22 in that he would know the swarm players tendencies, but they'd know his. Sure. As sure. well. Right? I was a little and
1: surprised that, that, they kept him in there after halftime at 10 to one, but maybe this is the plan, right? Like maybe Dan Carey said, okay, Wendy, like here is your shot and you're going to get a full 60, no matter what happens here to show that you belong in the national Cross league. And, in the I know, second half, he did. Yeah, and I was about to say, I know 14-4, and maybe it took him 30 minutes to to kind of get over the, the jitters and the nerves and all the rest of it. I don't know. And listen, you're going up against the Georgia Swarm and your first ever start in the NLL. That's no easy piece of cake either. So um, tough first half, great second half, but I believe they'll go with Fryer in game two regardless of whatever. However, Wendy did, They, I think they wanted to see – how he reacted through a full 60 minutes, and then not only that, but to react the way he did after a tough 30 minutes to bounce back in that second 30, I thought was a real good sign for Wendy, the tendy. So um, I think deep gets the start in game number two, and then they go from there and see how it goes. But a tough start in Rochester, 14-4. Miles and Lyle both picking up a hat trick. For just what I hear, Evan, uh, Adam Levy, Delivering this little nugget uh, in their five years of playing together in Georgia, just the third time uh, that they've both had a hat trick in the same game.
2: I know, but the thing about it is, normally one of them's feeding the other all game. So, mm. and with you got Randy thoughts on that same side, it's not easy for both of them to get a hat trick. It didn't surprise me as much as maybe as others that. It's the first time that both of them had that same performance in the same game.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, So, by the way, we both took Georgia in that game. Uh, But we didn't mention I took the Warriors last week. You took the Refnick. So you went a perfect 3-0 I went two for three. You have the one game lead out of week one already here, Evan. By uh, also, by the way, double. By the way, by the way, squared. Uh, we had over a hundred entrants into Stampede Tax who you got uh, for week number one. Don't forget it doesn't matter if you weren't signed up for week one, you can still win weekly prizes. We still got to figure out what those weekly prizes are, Evan. I think T shirts, hats. Kevin's
2: told me what they are and he's sending them out. I um, believe it's a it's a hat. It's not a cowboy hat, but it's a hat it's okay. every week.
1: Okay. So yep. um, so weekly so you can still win weekly prizes and it's a cumulative toto at the end of the season. So even if you miss a week there's only three games you just got to do that much better for the rest of the year here. But the more weeks you play, the better chance you have to win. So make sure you're signing up week after week for Stampede Techs. Who you got? That was uh, who we and had. It's a real nice
2: prize package at the end. Oh, my it goodness. Is. It's a yeah, Blundstone yeah.
1: prize, grand prize pack, Blundstone. And a gift pack to go along with it, uh, valued at over 300 bucks. Evan, uh, all courtesy of our friends at Stampede Tack. By the way, that was just, I, I don't know why I'm saying by the way so much right now, but anyways, how about that? Anyways. Uh, that was who we had, and if you don't know, I'm going to tell you because you should know by now that Stampede Tech is more than just a boot store. They carry a wide range of outdoor and jean jackets, including the classic Storm Rider. Evan. I know those are hot back in Saskatoon. Gear up for the outdoors and gear up for fashion. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping. You ever rock a Storm Rider back in the day, Evan? Can't say I have. Uh, they were like the most popular thing in my junior high days. And there's it's like a classic, right? It never goes out of style, the Storm Rider by Levi. So uh, Stampede, they got them. If you want one, that's where you should go to get one. Uh, what are we doing, everyone? I think that's it for who we had. Uh, you got the lead. That means I get to host who you got a little later on in the program. You're going to take a bit of a break here because yeah. I'm going yeah, to interview Robert Church. Yeah.
2: from... Victoria, who had all three right, and was just one off on the goal. Yeah, sorry. Get
1: that. Get that. Um, get. Sorry, Evan. Get that in again because you kind of cut out there for a second. I did not mention our winner of week one. I'm going to allow you to do that right now.
2: The winner is Matt Brana from Victoria. Uh, he had 55 combined score. It was 54. Only nine goals per team on average. Crazy. Actually, the funny thing is my son Vasily. Was one off behind him. He finished in second place. Oh. You know, he was a little like, like oh, I was so close. Yeah, but, well, yeah.
1: hey, when you're up against 100 other people. You're going to have some challenges. Uh, We're going to explain the tiebreaker rule a little bit better as well because I think some people are maybe a little bit confused signing up for Week 2 action already from what we've kind of seen. Uh, But congratulations to Matt. We'll get your contact info off to Kevin. And uh, look for something in the mail coming your way over there in Victoria. All right, Evan, go uh, go eat some dinner or something. I'm going to interview Robert Church and I'll join you again in about 15 minutes for now for a chat with Christian Del Bianco. Bianco, excuse me. This is Lacrosse Classified episode number 56. You got it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this.
2: Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort
0: from Mitch Jones.
1: Nothing's monotone.
0: Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease.
1: Nothing's boring.
0: Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off.
1: And at Vancouver Warriors games... Loads up. Nothing's offside.
0: Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. is Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today.
2: Hey, this is Steve Dietrich, General Manager of the Buffalo Bandits.
0: You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All Stars Podcast
2: Network.
1: All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified podcast. Jake Elliott here. Uh, full disclosure: Riding solo for this next portion of Lacrosse Classified. My partner Evan Schemenauer is currently coaching his son's soccer game. Uh, I tried to convince him and get his priorities straight. He decided to go with family first and soccer before lacrosse. So uh, make of that what you will. But it's just yours truly, Jake Elliott here, and soon to be joined by Saskatchewan rush forward Robert Church. But you just heard from our friends at the Vancouver Warriors. And I need to let you know that the next Warriors home game is Saturday, December the 14th, as they take on the New York Riptide. Come join them for Superhero Night, uh, all brought to you by Alterna Bank, where they're celebrating true superheroes in B.C., a special opening ceremony. We recognize Vancouver's first responders. Tickets start at just nineteen ninety five and feature happy hour pricing, $5 beers, $4 hot dogs, $3 popcorns and much, much more. The first 300 three hundred or 3,000 fans will receive a commemorative Matt Beers bobblehead. That's reason to go enough just for that. Make sure you get there early. Call 604-899-4625, option one, or visit VancouverWarriors.com and get hooked up today. Vancouver Warriors, nothing's offside. Uh, we're going to talk about those Vancouver Warriors a little bit later. But right now, we're going to talk to number 17 of the Saskatchewan Rush. His Saskatchewan Rush were victorious in week one of the National Lacrosse League season, and a large part had to do with the performance that one Barred down, Bobby Robbie Church had to do with it. Five goals, three assists in that game, all in on all of them, except for one uh, that happened to be the game winner, Robert Church. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for doing this, and uh, congratulations on the big W.
0: Man, thanks for having me, Jake. It my- was a good win to start the
1: season 1-0. Oh. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, absolutely. And, and I guess let's start there, Robert. Uh, you know, the Rush have been a little bit of notoriously slow starters over the last few seasons. But you guys get off on the right foot down in Colorado to start this year. What's the What, what do you think the difference was? What's the mindset coming into this year for the Rush as a whole? Yeah, it's definitely true where we've been. Slow starters in the past and
0: haven't had many seasons where we start one and zero. But it's always been a focus of Coach Keenan going into camp, just because every game is so important. Uh, so since being in camp, the focus was to get going right away, get a get a get a one and zero start, and especially against uh, a division opponent like Colorado. With these new division realignment, these games are more important than ever. So it was great to get a one one and zero start and you know get the ball rolling
1: well to start the season. And of course, you you do it down. Uh, in Colorado on the road which is you know even that much more important because uh, that's a tough place to play down there in the Pepsi Center you mentioned training camp and the mindset you know is to get going quickly and that's kind of been a staple of Derek Keenan over the last few years very small numbers in camp and and you know not a lot of jobs up for grabs but that gives you guys a chance to get into your systems and get things going and kind of hit the ground running in training camp so you're not doing that in the first couple of weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, definitely. We've always had a smaller camp, and you know, it's kind of been just like a practice, like mid-season to start things off. Uh, I and mean, Coach Keenan uh, has the faith in us and relies on us to do a, get in our get in shape ourselves, so he doesn't have to waste any practice time doing that. So, uh, you know, Coach McComb cut us right into right right into structure, like first practice. Of the old guys; there's only a couple of new guys that had to learn some things, but, but yeah, we get we don't waste any time getting things going, and uh, I think that helps because you know, it's a short season, you don't get any practices, so you don't want to waste too many of those.
1: Yeah, and and, and I want to talk to you. You're just heading to the gym, Robert. Uh, I'm just getting back from the gym. Uh, I'm sure my workouts are nowhere close to what you do. Uh, can you give me a general idea? How often are you in the gym? How long are you in the gym? What sort of things do you like to work on when you're there?
0: Yeah, I, I meet with uh, my trainer, Jeff Cathery, about two or three times a week. Uh, you know, he's pretty good at like most trainers, they have moved on to more injury prevention stuff than, you know, the big heavy weights, so, you know, he's done a good job of keeping me healthy in the last six, seven years, so, you know, I owe a lot to him, but yeah, we uh, we try to get some cardio going, especially with our the new realignment we were going with on O with the three rights. Uh, I knew cardio was going to have to be a focus of mine this year, and you know I've done a good job. I felt good in Colorado, even with that that altitude change, and then uh, I just try to do something on my own once a week, whether it's, you know, hit the treadmill, or hit the bike, and you know, like I said, just mostly cardio focused because, I mean, that's to me the most important thing Has never been too worried about getting pushed around out there. It's more just trying to, you know, compete every shift at the highest level and not wear it out at the end of the game
1: when it's the most important time. Well, I'll tell you what, man. For me, like I've kind of tried out all the, the different exercises as far as cardio goes in there. The stair climber to me, I don't know if you ever hop on the stair climber, Rob, but um, that thing just like kicks my ass every time I try that.
0: Yeah, I haven't been on one in a
1: while, but... No <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. Stairs,
0: Stairs get you sore. Stairs yeah. will make
1: you sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned something there, and, and going with three rights. Um, this is something different than the Saskatchewan Rush have done in, in years gone by, where they've predominantly gone heavy on the right side and kind of played the two-man game on the left side. But with Connor Robinson playing a, a regular shift now and Curtis Knight now a member of Rochester you guys kind of have to make the switch and it's it's funny because I you know I joined a fantasy league for for the NLL and I was kind of looking okay who do I want to pick here in week 1 and I was kind of bouncing back and forth between you and Benny and I was like Benny Robbie uh, which what, y- uh, what do I-? I I obviously made the wrong choice uh, I don't want to throw Benny under the bus here but 8 points in that opening game is this where I'm going with this Robert is 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 this new alignment here on offense going to be real beneficial to both you and Ben and Marty over there as well to get a chance to play more on that side with just two guys on that side of the floor, which obviously creates a lot more space for you to work?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think firstly, I mean, I mean, you watched the WLA; you saw how dominant Connor was this summer, and he had a great man cop in playoffs with Victoria. So, I mean, he definitely earned his right to to be an everyday player in the NHL, and he's—I think—he's going to be really effective. And I'm looking forward to playing a full season with them yeah i think the the realignment you know three right it's obviously going to give me ben and marty get more playing time and you know more opportunities to to score so
3: i think i know we're
0: pretty excited about it and uh you know we just got to do our job and, and prove that we made the right choice by doing this and you know that that's gonna the ultimate goal is gonna get to get wins and that's gonna be the ultimate judgment so uh i mean i'm looking forward to it um i feel like i've got my body ready for the season so that
1: we'll be able to do it and you know we'll be able to be good at good at doing it as well speaking with Robert Church here of the Saskatchewan rush on lacrosse classified and and he, and you've mentioned your body a couple of times and staying healthy and and one of the issues that you really had and I don't want to say it was a a poor year for you Robert but it was obviously a down year for you and it all kind of started early in the season you picked up a wrist injury and and you kind of had to play through that. And if you've know, if, if you never picked up a lacrosse stick before, your wrists are a pretty important component of holding the stick and, and being able to shoot and pass and all the rest of it. I know you're back to 100% now, um, but you seem kind of like to me that you got something to prove after coming off of last year. And I know you had a fabulous world championships and a great WLA season before that. But do you feel like you, you got some redemption on your mind here coming into this year? Like, you want to get back to the level that you were a couple of years ago?
0: Definitely. I mean, I hold myself to a, a really high standard. You know, I like, when I had that season a couple years ago, I mean, that's what I expect myself every season. So last year was, it was hard on me. You know, I mean, ultimately, I didn't get the points. But the the worst part was, you know, we didn't get the results on the, on the win column either. So, you know, not getting the championship, and I feel like know if I was a little better maybe we had a couple more wins and you know stuff like that but but yeah I think just being healthy this year was a focus and like you said my injury kind of just nagged all year and you know it wasn't just I couldn't find my groove once I got better and you know that was very important to me I wanted to have a a good summer following the NFL season and then a good world championships and then have a good training camp and you know go into the season at 100% and Things rolling like I want them
1: to. I want to talk to you about those World Championships, but before I do, and, and you mentioned you know Carter Robinson coming into the lineup, and, and he's kind of earned his right to to get a regular rotation, and and a few new bodies in there. You know, no Jeff Cornwall back in the the back end yet, but you get Dilks back. You know what he's all about. But the new guys in Holden Garland and, and Justin Robinson, and even even Big Mac Diesel, who who got into that game against Colorado, and and then you got a couple of guys up front that are going to push uh, to get into that offensive lineup in Tanner Thompson and, and Austin Murphy. Just give me a, a general synopsis of, of the new guys uh, along in tow here with the rush and what they can bring to the table.
2: Yeah, the rookies, they had good camps. Uh,
0: Austin and Tanner, it's a little more of a learning curve offensively to play on our team just with how much structure we have. Uh, I mean, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot different than probably you've been taught to play your whole life with you know, just being more patient. It's more about being in the right spot than always moving and keeping yourself going. So that was a bit of a learning curve. And the D guys have been great. Klain um, Kingman, Garland, Robinson, yeah, they're they're all good. I think they're all going to get playing time this year. And, and yeah, I think they're going to help our team win. And oh, yeah, it's it's crazy getting, like, when you see Dilt's play, and Jeff might have played one of the best halves of lacrosse I've ever seen. And uh, in the exhibition game with him running the floor and crushing guys, he looked like a, he's in excellent shape. But. Uh, but yeah, you forget how good those guys are when you when you get them back and see how dominant they are at their respective positions.
1: Here with Robert Church for a few more minutes on Lac's class, and um, I mentioned the World Championships, and and I mean what a what a thrill it must have been for you, Rob, to pull on Team Canada's jersey and and to play kind of in your backyard there in Langley, and and to go on and win yourself a gold medal over the Iroquois Nationals, and and not only that, but. Just kind of surround yourself with the the upper echelon of the game, and especially with Team Canada, and, and kind of surround yourself with all those guys and soak all that sort of stuff in. That must have been quite an experience for you, and it all culminated with a with a World Championship. That, I mean, I I can't imagine how much, how proud and, and how thrilling that must have been.
0: Yeah, it was an unreal experience. You know, after my down season, I wasn't too sure if I had a chance at making the team, but when I found out, I was ecstatic and. You know, play with some guys like Curtis Dix, you know, I haven't played before, and Dane Dolby. you know, I've had such a rivalry with Calgary over the years, so to get to wear the same uniform as them and battle with them is, is pretty incredible, and you can kind of see why they've had so much success with, uh, you know, how those guys battle and how seriously they take the game. But yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I didn't know a lot of D guys on the team, so it was nice to get to know those guys. Hopefully they'll take it a little easier on you watching <laughs> the cross checks. But, but no, it was awesome. And then to do it at home in front of family and friends was it was just an unbelievable experience and then, you know, to have the result we did and, you know, kinda lift up to the expectations with, with how we played was, was, was awesome too.
1: Uh, speaking of those Calgary Roughnecks, I got uh, I got Delbs coming on, Christian Del Bianco coming on after you. And uh, do you want to do you want to like throw some gasoline on the on the Prairie rivalry right now and, and throw Delbs a chirp? And I'll I'll ask him to do the same thing if you want.
0: No, there's not much you can say about <laughs> Delbs. I mean, <laughs> no,
1: he's one of the younger
0: guys in the league, and he's probably one of the top bullies in the league. I mean, our Western Conference is tough with uh, with him and D Ward. Those two are pretty incredible
1: tenders. Yeah, and we got a good one here in Saskatchewan as well with Evan Kirk. How about that stop, by the yeah, way, definitely. at the end of the game to save, uh, kind of preserve that victory? What, I mean, like, Wardo made an unreal save from his backside off of Mark, but then, like, for me, I think that the better save of that game was Evan Kirk for what was kind of on the line at the time of the game, and, like, that was incredible, mm-hmm. and it's great to see Kirky back at 100% as well.
0: Yeah, Kirky had a... Uh had a big game for us he had some really clutch saves just the style of our defense he's not he's not going to see as many shots as uh as you know the style of defense colorado plays with dylan but you know when he does make when he's going to take a lot of shots inside when the D breaks down and he, he did an unreal job at stopping those and you know showing why he's one of the elite goaltenders in the league and you know i don't think i don't think we uh we win that game without Kirkie playing the way
1: he did. No doubt about it. Uh, a couple more minutes here with Rob Church. I know you want to get into the gym, but I want to spin it back. You mentioned Jeff McComb and, and you know, being around the team last year, Robert, and, and watching practice and shoot arounds and just kind of getting a real close look at the offense that you guys run. I don't... You mentioned it's a very complex offense, and I don't think people really realize how complex it is, And he, and he's got all these kind of spin offs. like he's got his set plays and if that's not quite working then he's got a variation that that works off that and then another variation that works off that if that's not going and i think some of it like he honestly just thinks up off the top of his head on the fly as well like jeff mccomb is a is an offensive genius is he not
0: yeah he is i think uh i think bobs is definitely you know a little underrated or i don't know what the right word is but under Appreciated maybe around the league for how, how smart offensively he is. Um, you know, it's pretty complex, but he, he like, you're, you're definitely right where, you know, it'll be mid-game and he'll just see something on the D when we run one play and he'll just run a little variation to to get something else open and it seems to always work. Uh, he definitely knows what he's doing out there. And, you know, I think I can uh, – I guess all of our offense guys can probably give a lot of credit to him with, uh, you know, putting us in the right positions and, you know, that plays up for our strengths. So, uh, yeah, I, I owe Jeff a lot of my success because, yeah, he's done a great job of coaching our offense. And, uh, you know, our defense gets a lot of credit and well-deserved, but I think our offense has been one of the top of the league for a number of years too. So uh, I think that gets overlooked sometimes.
1: Yeah, he can he can draw it up, but you still got to put the ball in the net, Robert Church. Uh, speaking of putting the ball in the net, uh, the next opportunity you'll get to do that will be – December the 14th. Uh, it'll be the home opener. You guys are going into a bye week this week, but uh, uh, two weeks from now, the 14th of December, back home at Sastel Center. you can going to have those fifth anniversary jerseys in tow, taking on the Black Wolves, and, and how excited are you to get back in front of Rush Nation?
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the best atmospheres in, in lacrosse to go play at, and the home opener is always special too. So, uh, you know, we, we think we... Have n't haven't had much success against New England in the past, so it's going to be important for us to to get to two and zero, and you know hopefully send a message to the league that you know we're we're back at the top of our game. And I think fans are going to be excited to see Jeff back in the lineup, and uh, you know if he feels anything like he did a couple weeks ago, he's gonna he's gonna the league's gonna be talking about how dominant he's going to be this year. Yeah, no,
1: I can't wait, man. Can't wait. Uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, go hit the gym, buddy, and we'll see you in beautiful Saskatoon in a couple of weeks' time.
0: Sounds good. Thanks,
1: Jake. All right. That was Robert Church forward for the Saskatchewan Rush. He wears number 17 in your lucky program. Pick up a jersey at the team store there at the Sass Rush team store. Uh, if you're in Saskatoon, get by there. Check that place out. It is amazing. And then we'll see you at Hill Center December the 14th for the Rush Home Opener against new england black wolves break time here on lacrosse classified we're going to talk to another coquitlam kid except he plays goaltender and he plays for the calgary roughnecks it's the phenom christian del bianco joins us next year on lacrosse classified keep it right here on the lax all-stars podcast network pure vital labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this
0: is Mark Mathis of Team Canada, Saskatchewan, Rush, and the Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on LAX All-Stars growing the game one podcast at a time
1: welcome back to lax class here on the lacrosse all-stars podcast network jake elliott evan schemenauer with you uh, third quarter action about to go here on episode number 56 and now joined by a PVL athlete a calgary roughneck Two-time Minto Cup champion and an NLL Cup winner as well. It's Christian, the phenom Del Bianco, on the program. I've been so entrenched in saying Del Bianco for I don't know how many years, but I just heard you say your own name, maybe for the first time ever, Christian. And you go with Del Bianco, so I gotta, I gotta, I think myself and and other announcers and fans alike need to wrap their head around this, Del Bianco.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're not overly too concerned about it. the big thing. Is just uh, remembering the space when people are spelling it out. But other than that, uh, I don't get too uh, upset if it's kind okay. of a little bit different on the
1: pronunciation. Well, I want to go with what you go with, and and you know, you got yeah. the space in between Dell and Bianco. It drives me absolutely nuts when people spell my name with just one T on the end. So I get I get all that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note and I'm gonna make a push here that everybody get on board with Dell bianco um christian one and zero are the calgary roughnecks uh what a performance you and your team had just a couple of nights ago there at rogers arena 12-7 victory over the vancouver warriors and what was a very physical and chippy affair it didn't take long for the rivalry to renew between the warriors and the roughnecks yeah
3: i mean it's uh definitely that's part of the western conference right it's going to be neck and neck the whole way through so is that always necessary? I don't know. But I think it's something that definitely both sides of the ball aren't going to shy away from.
2: You face 70 shots. Uh, never an easy night to face 70 shots. But it, honestly, when you're watching the game, it didn't seem like it was 70 shots because your defense tended to keep everybody to the outside. I guess, is that the game plan? Keep the shots to a minimum inside and let you handle everything on the outside?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's kind of the game plan for every team. Uh, I think Van definitely, they had a lot of power play, they had a lot of shots, and definitely had their fair share of posts, but I think at the end of the day, we were pretty confident with our game plan, and I think it showed that we executed it.
1: Christian, and you mentioned that you don't know if it's it's necessary for the game to kind of go like that, And, and things did get a little out of hand near the end of that contest, and Listen, we've we've all kind of we. I mean, I was there in person, and and I watched the the hit from from Burton or the collision, if you will. I don't even know if you want to call it a hit between Burton and and Bilic. Um, you know the the scrap with Logan and, and Courier is one thing. Uh, the hit from O'Doherty received a match penalty. There was all sorts of things going on. A big melee in the crease and Salt and King and. But I want to get your take on the hit. Uh, you know, for me, and, and we're going to talk about it off the top of the show as we record this interview before that, uh, just so fans make sense of it all. But for me, it looked like Burton was in a real vulnerable position and, and kind of going down and, and then realized, oh, man, I need to protect myself here a little bit. And, I mean, it just – it was a, a real unfortunate run of incidents, really, that culminated in a real bad injury, not only for Nick um, – but I mean, Tyler took a pretty good whack in, in the ribs with a knee as well. It, it, what's your take on that play? Because it, it it was it was a strange one and one that I don't know if I've ever really seen before. But it happened so fast; it was kind of hard to wrap my head around it all.
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that, from my point of view, I think there's so many angles you can look at it. But at the end of the day, it's unfortunate, right? It's it's never to see a guy good to see a guy go down like that. And it's sounding like he might be out for the season, which is extremely unfortunate. He's a great player that plays with a ton of heart. But in my opinion, just knowing Tyler Burden, I don't think there was ever that kind of intent to see somebody get hurt to that severity.
2: You have a change in leadership this year. You lose Dan McCray in the expansion draft. Dane Doby's the captain. Now, how does the dynamic of the dressing room change with a new captain?
3: I think, obviously, it's a little bit different in voice, but I think they it's the same goal, right? Uh, Dan McCray was a great leader for us. He is definitely uh, level-headed and very well-spoken, And but I think Dane kind of brings an old-school mentality that a lot of us quite enjoy. You know, he's a guy who you can go to war for. He's going to go hard to the cooker. He's going to go hard off, and I think you never have that doubt that Dane's going to give you 130% out there.
1: Is it, I mean, it's remarkable to me, Christian, to watch Dane Doby, and, and you look at Dane and you think, well, you know, you would never suspect that he's a professional athlete and, and one of the best lacrosse players in the world, but when the, the bright lights come up and it's time to go, like, I don't know if you want anybody in your foxhole besides you rather than Dane Doby when it's go time.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah, he's definitely kind of one of those guys where you look at him and he's not too human, but he's a cheat code, right? He goes hard to the rack, he does things with other guys in the league, just but they can't do, so you can say what you want, I know Biz Nasty had a little bit of a comment <laughs> about his beer gut but then they that got beer gut to the league MVP for a reason.
1: There you go, if I could have a beer gut like Dane's, I'd be happy to get to that level right there from Dane Doby. <laughs> there
2: you go It's hard to win one championship, but it's even harder to win the second in a row What's the message from Kurt Malowski as to, now that you're a bigger target in the league obviously how do you get it done the second time?
3: I think at the end of the day, we're, we're entitled to nothing, right? Like Just because we won last year doesn't mean that we deserve anything this year, right? We have to go out there every day and earn it. And how you do that is one week, one practice, one game at a time, right? I think everybody in the league across the board has the same goal. So if you think you're better than somebody, there's so much talent in this league that that's just not the case, right? Whatever team's going to work hard, whatever team's going to put in more time, I think is going to be the one that comes out on top.
1: You know, you, you lose Dan McCray, like, like Evan said, and, and a guy like Ryan Martell is going to try and step in for a guy like Riley Lowen, who's now with Vancouver. Uh, you get young LeClaire under your back end as well, and, and Shane Simpson going to play a regular role in that back end. No Reese Callies right now, but a couple of new pieces there in front of you defensively, Christian. Uh, talk about the new guys on that roughneck lineup and, and how they're going to make an impact on that roster.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Leclerc is one of those guys that right from training camp one, it just kind of seemed like he was pro-ready. He's a big body. He talks well. And I think he just has that mentality that he wants to win, right? And Simmer's a guy who was with us last year. He did did a little bit of everything for us, with Army Knife. So I think the big thing for us is every guy that we drafted that's in the dressing room, we all have that same goal, right? And they're all going to do what they need to do to contribute and help this team win games, which... That's what we're all here for at the end of the day, right?
2: We haven't talked about this last time you are on the program, but for the listeners that are new, you have a program now where they're donating, I believe it's $1,000 for every time you get an assist. Talk about this program and you know where the benefits go to.
3: Yeah, so it was kind of an idea that we had last year, and we had an awesome partner in Ascent Consulting hop on board who's donating a ton of money. Uh, We also auction off my helmet at the end of the year. So for every assist that I have, I think it's $500 goes to Kids Sport. And then the proceeds for my helmets as well. And I think Kids Sports is one of those charities that I think we can all get behind, right? Giving everybody a fair shot to excel and enjoy team sports is something that I think is massive for young kids at a long stage, right? It's teaching you life skills. It's teaching you to have fun. And it's kind of that escape for especially some of those kids that, might not have the best luck going at the moment
1: right speaking with christian del bianco del bianco excuse me of the calgary roughness yes thank you uh and you and you mentioned your helmet a couple of times christian and and for fans that haven't seen it's up on your timeline i think uh, the lax class twitter account retweeted that thing as well i want you to talk about the artist i want you to talk about where the concept came from and uh, I know you got the wagon on there. The, the boys and, and myself in and the chat group here—we've kind of got something going called the Rough Wagon. Uh, we're, we're hopping on the Rough Wagon, and you got a wagon on this mask of yours. Where did the concept come from? Tell me about the artist and, and where it all kind of. How was this born?
3: Hi uh, you know he's a local guy, Dave Fried. Uh, he's in Oak Tokes, just outside of Calgary, and just from the get go, I think two, three years ago, I used my used him for the first time. He's nothing but professional and. I think I just kind of spitball ideas at him on the phone, and then he just kind of puts it all together, and obviously the end result is pretty
1: awesome in my opinion. Yeah, really awesome, man, really awesome. One of the best in the league, no doubt about it. Um, you guys got a couple of weeks off here before your next one, before you get back into the Dome, and I would think after you know a good win like that on the road, you kind of want to keep the momentum going, but uh, we'll have to spend a couple of weeks away from the guys uh, before you get back into Cowtown. bit of a challenging schedule, I would say, for Calgary this week. How do you, as a goaltender, deal with that?
3: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, uh, it's also kind of a weird schedule that we have dealt, but that's not something we control, right? What we control is the time we're putting in. I know a couple guys local here. I'll be probably practicing with Tyler Pace, Connor Robinson, a good SAS guy there, and just kind of do the little things that you can do for the meantime, right, and making sure that you're watching film, staying ready, because... At the end of the day, if you take those two weeks as a free vacation, it's probably not going to pay off in the long run.
2: You've accomplished so much in such a young age here. I mean, my son was telling me, he's nine years old, he's saying, if I make the NLL, I'm going to play against Christian Del Bianco. Um, you're in this elite category of goaltenders. Do you ever think of what you've got to do to just be a bit better than the rest
3: I think that's kinda of, one of those things, there's so many great guys out there. And I think the big thing for me now mentally from side of things is just putting in the time and knowing that, hey, you know what, if I, if I do everything I can to succeed and it doesn't work out or I do everything I can to be the best and I'm not the best, I'm okay with that, right? Where if I'm kind of just moping around, not doing everything, not making sure that I'm ready for games, then you know what, that's something that's going to eat you up. So the big thing for me is just putting in the time. I think this is something that Kurt Miloski right from the get-go said to me is honest work equals honest result, right? And I think that's something that's very true for a lot of aspects of life
1: absolutely I think that's uh, very poignant there from Mouse uh, last couple here for you Christian before we let you go um, you mentioned Tyler Pace and of course uh, you're one of the coaches for his lacrosse academy and in, in Pacific Coast Lacrosse you're also a sponsored athlete for Pure Vital Labs who uh, work in tow with, with Pacific Coast Lacrosse um, tell me about uh, what's on the horizon here I know you guys got your winter box sessions coming up with Pacer and the boys and uh, PVL always in tow with you and uh, to keep you hydrated and ready for games uh, just talk about pacific coast and pvl here for me
3: yeah i mean obviously i'm, I'm pretty fortunate to be coaching with a lot of great coast coaches at uh, pacific coast lacrosse with pacer and i think just getting to see the next generation of young kids and seeing them work hard is something that uh is pretty motivational for a guy my age that's kind of getting into that next high level for me and then obviously pbl is a great company they sponsor a lot of us and i think the big thing with them is they just give you a lot of stuff that makes things easier for you right they're giving you the game aid they're giving you bcas pre-workout kind of all the tools that can kind of help you out a bit along the way and there's not enough good things that I can say about
1: those guys. Absolutely, and they are a proud sponsor of Lacrosse Classified as well. Can't thank them enough for their support over the last year and moving into 2020. Christian, uh, appreciate the time. Great game there in Vancouver. Best of luck, the rest. them. not too much luck though, because we're going to meet uh, in Saskatoon uh, before too long. So best of luck with your Roughnecks, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll cross paths down the road here sooner than later.
3: Sounds good. Thank you very much
1: for having me, guys. Our pleasure. That was Christian Del Bianco. Evan Del Bianco. Get that into your head, people. It's not Bianco, it's Bianco. <laughs> it's
2: going to be a hard time. Yeah, it's going to be a hard time getting that in. i am at the old pronunciation in my head forever. Yeah,
1: trust me, me and you both. But uh, I just, you know, like I heard him say it and I was like, man, I've been saying his last name wrong for like the last decade or something. So, anyways, I uh, appreciate Christian coming on. Lacrosse classified here and talking about his Roughnecks in PVL and Pacific Coast Lacrosse. We didn't even get to Team Canada, um, unfortunately, but uh, maybe the next time we'll catch up. And he'll be rejoining the Coquitlam Adnacks as well, I believe, next summer. And, and Pat Coyle uh, will be his head coach again, which uh, brought him a couple of Minto Cups as a junior adnack So uh, we'll talk about Christian. We'll talk with Christian about that a little later on in the year. But now, Evan, we got to get to break, and you know why we got to get to break because it's time to play. Who you got on the other side? We'll get to under review news and notes as well. Fourth quarter coming up here on lacrosse classified. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network.
0: Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hi, this is Reggie Thorpe, coach and general manager of the New York Riptide. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on LAX All Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: Welcome back, Lacrosse fans. Episode 56. Thank you to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. They've been on board the entire way and they'll rejoin us for 2020. By the way, again, there it is, by the way. Uh, We are still looking for one more sponsor for 2020, so if you got yourself a company or you maybe know somebody that does have a company, they'd be interested in hopping on board the podcast and getting their company some exposure here on Lacrosse Classified. Get in touch with myself. Get in touch with Evan. You know all the channels by now. PXP for sports is how you can find me on any social media platform or at gmail.com for that matter. Evan is at Shem Lacks. The show is at Lax Class. Jump into those DMs. Do what you got to do. DM us and uh, come on board. Be a sponsor of Lacrosse Classified. Uh, back to Associated Labels and Packaging, by the way. They are the best when it comes to labels and packaging. They take the environment into consideration for everything they do. they got a daily blog you can check out, associated-labels.com. Need a label? Need a package? Find them at Associated LP. All right, Evan. It's time. Uh, what do you want to do first? Do you want to save... Who you got, or do you want to get into under-review and then do who you got, news and notes, where you want to go here in quarter number four? Let's
2: start with the under-review, because the under-review this week is really, really interesting.
1: Let's do that then. And speaking of under-review, and speaking of new sponsors, Evan, a beautiful segue, by the way. Thank you for picking that first. G. Wilson Construction, a new proud partner of Lacrosse Classified, and they are going to sponsor... Our brand new segment here called Under Review. They are a construction company. We're about to give some constructive criticism. You see where I'm going with this, Evan? Perfect. G. Wilson Construction. We're going under review. This is how it's going to work. I'll give you some more details on G. Wilson Construction in the coming weeks, but uh, welcome aboard to them. Thanks for hopping on. This is Under Review where we take a question from a listener. And then we kind of dissect it, break it down, and hopefully explain what some people may be a little bit confused on or don't know. Now, what we're referring to this week is somebody's asking here, and again, I should probably start writing the person's well, we, name down. We
2: have a number of experts even asking yeah, us the same yeah,
1: question. All the, yeah, all the, everybody's kind of talking about this one, so it's very apropos that we're going to talk about this, and it is, if you saw it, it happened on Saturday night, and it was kind of weird because they went just to commercial as it was kind of all going down, but Jordan Hall scores. There's clearly a Swarm player in the crease.
2: They, Miles
1: Thompson. Yeah, it's Miles Thompson, and they... Award the goal and then they take away the goal and then so it's no goal as they go to commercial, but then come back and the goal counts and we're back at center for a face off. Now explain to me, explain to the fans why this goal counted while Jordan Hall outside the crease scores a good goal, but it comes with Miles Thompson clearly laying inside the crease. And, in
2: fact, it was not reviewed because of a specific reason. And at first, that was my first reaction. It like, Thompson's in the crease. Like, why is this counting here, right? I actually had to go back and read the rule book. and I understand how Rochester fans were just livid because this is such a rare occurrence that I don't think many people would know. And for those that want to go onto the NLL website, bring up the rule book, it's rule seven, 67.9, okay? This is how far I had to go in to find this. Now, if there is an offensive player making contact with the floor in the crease at the time the ball crosses the line, it's no goal. Except, and this is the one rare exception, and that is if, the, if a non-shooter is illegally checked into the crease, so there would be a delayed penalty because of it and the ball goes into the net because the player was unable to get out of the crease it is not a crease violation it is a good goal okay so to explain this a little better miles thompson is sitting close to the top of the crease he is clearly checked from behind he doesn't have the ball and he's checked from behind into the corner of the crease he's not interfering with wendy and the ball goes in because he is checked illegally into the crease it is not a crease violation on thompson
1: so it was actually very good officiating by the crew there i'm not sure exactly who the crew was there i wish i did but a nice job there to know that rule and to call it properly and and i think the benefit of them going into a tv timeout probably helped in that regard a little bit that they probably all got together and said, "Hey, like that was an illegal cross check, and that probably should have count." So they had the time to kind of figure that out while they were in break, and they got it right. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, one thing we do want to have a bit of a bone of contention with is how long these reviews are talking or taking. Evan, oh, oh, oh. we're not going to talk about it this week, but. That is something that is concerning, is the length of time it's taking to review not wow. I'm not going to let you right now, Evan, because well, let, no, 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 no. Let's five, save it. Five, let's, five let's minutes. Let's save it for next week. It is week.
2: clearly halfway into the net. Let's save it. Can you take let's five save. minutes to review
1: that? Come on. Let's save it for next week. <laughs> All right, uh, that was Under Review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. They build luxury homes here in the lower mainland of Vancouver and do a wonderful job of that. I know they're building up like a, I want to say it's like a 30 or $40 million compound up in Whistler right now for the Rooney family who own the Pittsburgh Steelers, Evan. That's the kind of houses... That G Wilson Construction is slapping together up there in Whistler. Uh, Where are we going? I want to get to. I want to get to Stampede Tech. Who you got? I want to get back in the race here. I'm down a game. Three to two so far here in week one. Uh, The tiebreaker. Let's get to the tiebreaker concept here right off the bat because we've already put out the who you got for for week two. If you haven't done that yet, it'll be pinned up on Lacrosse Classified's tweet. Evan's going to email everybody that that signed up for week one, and we're going to keep this thing going. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But, Evan, I know some people have submitted some wrong tiebreaker submissions that you want to clarify here because when you get this many people playing – we're going to have some ties, so we need not one tiebreaker, even two, maybe even three tiebreakers. Break it down for the listeners.
2: Yeah, just to explain it, we, when we looked at the number of answers that were there, the combined goal total, and I, we asked that as a way to, you know, not make it a race to who could input three games for the fastest, as we did in the summertime. So we put that tiebreaker in there. And the truth of the matter was, I think nine people had responded with 69 uh, another five had responded with 70. So we're still getting all these ties. That's why we put a second tiebreaker in. So the second tiebreaker is simple. If you are still tied after that first one, which is the number, the combined number of goals in the three games for week two, all you got to do in the second one is put down who you think the top scorer amongst the three games this week. So you got 16 to pick from. Who's going to be the top scorer in the league? For week two, now I hate to say it, when I was looking at the answers, and you know we got a we got a large number of responses already again for week two. Almost twenty percent of people were picking the same
1: player. Yeah, and 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 listen, Lyle Thompson is a very very good look, maybe the best lacrosse player on the planet right now. But it's pretty hard to score points when you're not playing. In week two. So, for the people that have picked players on the Georgia Swarm or maybe the Saskatchewan Rush or Calgary Roughnecks who are not in action in week two, that's not a good selection. You want to pick from the six teams that are in action for week two. Now, when we get into week four, seven, 12, there could be many more games than just three, which will give you a lot more options and teams to pick from. But you're just picking one player who's playing that weekend that you think is going to put up a boatload of points. Simple. I think we got it. Time for Who You Got, Evan. And of course, we know they're presented by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Complete source for Wrangler Jean's. Go nicely with your Storm Rider. Now shop online and save $10. You can only do this up until the 13th of December. So if you want to get some Wranglers for Christmas, do it before the 13th. Save yourself 10 bucks. Stampy.ca Shopping online is still shopping local, Evan. Uh, I'm down a game. I get to host... Once surprise, again, here You're weeks. down again. Well, no, no, right? it's okay. That's <laughs> a- we also have to. Uh, we also have to decide what uh, what the punishment or what the prize will be between our friendly well, competition. Well, I mean, we we're
2: up for suggestions. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Kevin and Stampede Pete He's usually t- the final. the
1: mastermind that comes up with the idea on how to humiliate me. Is what it essentially comes down to.
2: It was actually hilarious in the summertime because we had asked Kevin several times and he forgot to get back to us. And it was it was a game between the Czechs and the Netherlands where that was going to decide who won the, the summertime one. And I get to the arena and I see it's thirteen four or something like that. But I get on the phone with Kevin and like without telling him what was happening, it's like I need your answer right now because this is going to be decided in the next thirty minutes. He sends it out. and It's like okay, good. Now can you tell Jake what his punishment is?
1: <laughs> I will never forget about Puerto Rico, I can tell you that. Okay, three games in week one, three games in week two. Lots of new teams in action. I think all six actually playing their first games here, Evan. All Saturday night, which is kind of a bummer because they're all going to overlap a little bit. But <laughs> All within
2: an hour. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, And this is something they want to try and avoid, but I just think this is a bit... Of a quirky weekend where that's how it's going to play out. But the other thing that's kind of cool is that Halifax, with me being here on the West Coast, is going to start even earlier. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, 3 p.m. Western time here for Halifax home games. Bring it on. New York Riptide, Evan, against the Halifax Thunderbirds. From the facts, who you got? A pretty
2: simple answer here. Now, the one thing I hope Halifax doesn't do is what happened in Saskatoon, the first, first game in Saskatoon, where they went on a PR blitz that day and players were basically so tired out from the PR blitz that they you know, didn't show up that well uh, the first night in Saskatoon. They actually lost the opener, but uh, the Riptide are going to struggle. And if there's there's a way to get the crowd going behind this Halifax team, I, I think not only is Halifax going to win, they're going to win big.
1: Winning big for Halifax. I think uh, – I hate to say it, but I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I I expected Rochester to do a whole lot better, and they really struggled offensively in their first game. Maybe the Riptide come out and shock everybody, Evan, and just go off in their, in their opener. I don't – I'd actually love to see it, to be quite frank with you, but I also want to see that Halifax franchise get off on the right foot as well. Our boy, Patty Gregoire, will be on the call with Pete Dalladay and Dana Jackson. Uh, I'm taking Halifax as well. Go and they, Thunderbirds.
2: And I think the big thing from this game I'm going to, is the attendance number.
1: Mm. Let's see if they can sell this thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I think they're going to. I think they're going to. I think it's absolutely awesome. What's going down there? Uh, they're going to they're gonna love that team. They're going to love lacrosse, and they're going to love the National Lacrosse League as well. Two more games to go, Evan. New England going into Toronto to take on the Rock. Black Wolves. Rock.
2: Evan, who you got? I just have more faith, I think, in the Rock here. I think they're a more well-rounded team. New England's defense you know, prove me wrong, you know, absolutely prove me wrong that if there's a weak spot on their team, that's where it is. But for now, I just, I, I'm going to take Nick Rose over Dougie Jameson. I'm going to take Jalen Rogers over any of the transition. Give me the rock.
1: Yeah, give me the rock as well. I'm not I'm not going to just start picking against you just to pick against you, Evan. It's a long season. So if we got the same picks for a few weeks here or even longer, so be it. Home opener here for Toronto. They're going to need to to get some wins under their belt uh, to challenge for that division, and I think they want to start off on the right note and and being at home and all the reasons Rose and Rogers Give me the rock as well. I'm taking the rock. Last game, and this is a bit of an odd matchup. Uh, I don't know how many times these teams have played, if at all. Maybe once last year, Evan? Once
2: ever, yeah, yeah. Once ever. They would play once last year down in San Diego.
1: That's right. I do recall that now. But this time they're going to play in Bandit and a Bandit team that's pretty dinged up, up on the front end, of course. Uh, and then they lost Evans. They lost Durson. Then they lost Hogarth. Uh, Fraser coming back off a knee injury. We're going to see how it all kind of plays out there in Buffalo. But let's not also forget that this team was in the Champions Cup. I keep saying that. The NLL Cup a year ago. So, with all that said, Evan, the Seals are in bandit land. San Diego against Buffalo. Who you got?
2: Let's keep in mind San Diego actually is also – short a number of players up front that they're not used to. You know, uh, you know, you got no damn awesome, no Garrett Billings. Mm, there's Austin there's Stotts. holes up there, you know, awesome stats. unless he's
1: making a miraculous comeback off the IR that we don't know about. They might want to pull the old offensive coach off the bench and throw <laughs> 19 on his back and get out there.
2: Yeah, it, that's not necessarily the, the way to look at it, but It's a heck of a long travel day for the players that live in the San Diego market. I got to take the Bandits on this one. I just think there's a little too many factors working against the Seals.
1: Same. I'm taking the Buffalo Bandits. It's an eastern sweep, uh, if you will, Evan, for week two. Thunderbirds rock Buffalo Mark it down. I gotta get you my. Well, I guess we don't need to do total. We're just doing. We're just doing picks straight up. We don't need to get into the tiebreakers, me and you, right? We don't need to do that. Well, you put your mama down.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I put I put Joe, Mama, hmm. Joe Mama. Yeah, no, I did. Uh that was just that was for the test though, Evan. That was just the test. You know that. Uh news and notes before we get you on your way here on episode fifty six. Big show this week, uh, with church and Del Bianco. Who you got, who we had. News and notes time. Uh what do we got here for news and notes? Uh oh, I wanted to mention the piece that Devin Caney at the National Lacrosse League Productions office, if you will, uh, did with one lyle thompson i guess it was last week just great uh, just fantastic stuff there between devin and lyle and lyle drew on the feather while he's talking about the culture and and all like that is what people at least what i want to see i think most people would love to see more content like that
2: it's what devin does best and we look back to last year how she was able to get all these players to open up on these interviews, it was fabulous.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. And I hope I hope she does more of it, and, and good on Lyle for doing it as well. Uh, quick shout-out to you, Evan Scheminauer. Random Thoughts makes its triumphant return today. And uh, a great read, as always, back on Lacrosse All-Stars.
2: And, of course, the big thing in that article is a little bit more detailed breakdown of the discussion last week with the commissioner and we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but I think part of it was we weren't expecting the commissioner to open up like he did. Yeah. And we're, you know, I'm so thankful that I had the bullet points sitting on the computer in front of me. Cause we could have gone down any one of about six rabbit holes and try to dig. You know, you know we kept it to where we, we wanted to ask questions and more and more information came out, you know, like well, here's the thing: the commissioner didn't directly say there's an expansion team coming in Vegas.
1: Mm.
2: What he did say was, in reaction to my question about the Orleans Arena, and he starts talking about the Orleans and how it's a good arena. And his next comment was, "We're not sure if that's the arena we're putting the team in." Yeah, yeah. So okay, well let's be honest, but I don't think Vegas is the next one. No. The reason I think they're not the next one is. The commissioner said it's the right owner with the right building and the right market. And they don't have one of the three at the moment. They don't have the right building. So uh, until they get that right building, I think you and I both believe, you know, and the people we talk to, the next team is Dallas that they're going to announce soon.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It was a great conversation with the commission and he was very candid and, and, uh, listen, we could we could sit down for two hours with him and, and just react off the answers that he gives us and ask more and more questions. Um, well, you know, we, and we, the 50-50 split with the players. Yeah, we hit on a lot, like of, we hit on a lot of things. Uh, go back and listen to episode 55 after you listen to episode 56, but I encourage you to really kind of listen to it closely. Uh, Lack Sports Network doing a nice job picking up the the bullet points and i did a quick hit on there as well and and they gave uh lacrosse classified a nice little plug as well so lsn shout out to them speaking of shout outs evan i want to give one to our boys uh and a gang we're kind of part of as well lacrosse flash coming out with some just wicked t-shirts uh top to bottom <laughs> these things are fantastic uh, check out the Lacrosse Flash store and do some Christmas shopping mm-hmm. on there because there are some gems up online. <laughs> well,
2: and of course, the idiots that we are, the, there's more coming.
1: Okay, there
2: is more. There's, a, there's. A, I believe there's a Chancellor right. shirt coming up. There's a. There's got to be a flourishing shirt. Like I mean, we both shared to death about yeah, that last yeah. year. There's got to be a flourishing shirt. Uh, And a lot of good content. We put out our all-star teams there, which you and I uh, voted on. And you can tell the major differences between what we had out and what IL Indoor had Mm. out. I mean, we had Matt Beers on our third team. And actually, there was a tie, which we broke the tie. We weren't putting a tie between (laughs) him and Corby. No ties! Um, No, but, I mean, Isle Indoor had them ranked 49th. I'm like, what? But...
1: Yeah, you know, it Anyways. is what
2: it is at the end of the day. But
1: yeah, no. Uh, so check out know. check out the Lax Flash store and uh, buy yourself a couple of t-shirts because those things are awesome. Last one I want to get in here, and last but not least, um, head coach of the Vancouver Warriors, Chris Gill, and his dad, uh, a Canadian lacrosse Hall of Famer, uh, an absolute legend of lacrosse here, former president of the BC Lacrosse Association for a long, long time as well. I hear is is going through a, a pretty tough time right now and um, for anybody that, that knows soan or does know Soin, um I suggest you reach out sooner than later and uh, all the best to, to Chris and the Gill family where, where everybody's thinking about you and Sewan had a pretty big impact on, on my life growing up. He was kind of always around because I was always around a year or two behind Chris coming up and, and Soen was always somebody that was involved in lacrosse and British Columbia and and uh, I got so many great memories of and Gill, and and damn it, you know, uh, it's it's tough to to hear somebody's going through something like that, and and time maybe maybe close. So uh, Chris, I love you, buddy, and and Soin, uh I love you too, and uh, I suggest you get in sorry get in touch if uh, if you want to reach out. That's gonna do it for lacrosse classified appreciate everybody tuning in this week to our wonderful sponsors associated labels and packaging pure vital lab stampede tack and of course the vancouver warriors they're back in action on december the 14th for heroes night and and so was a big time hero and, and a well decorated firefighter as well so apropos that uh, they're having that night a couple of weeks from now we will talk to you next tuesday here on lacrosse classified make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us along on social media and we will talk to you next week for evan sheminar i've been jake elliott and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator enjoy the games everybody